This episode is brought to you by Storyblocks, a video production company reimagining stock media. Have you ever made a, made a mistake so big that you were embarrassed to tell people about it? Yeah, I feel like everyone can relate to that. I agree. And today, I'm going to be sharing three of the biggest mistakes I made in the month of April. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to the Creator Hub for the Culture. I'm Lloyd. And I'm Ash. Every single week, we share content to help you level up on your journey as a creator. Before we get started, I just want to let you know, we've been in LA now for four days. Ashley, how are you feeling about it? Um, so far, so good. It's very beautiful here. Um, from the trees, the skyline, the mountains. It's just, the scenery is just amazing. It's very beautiful. So, so far, so good. Um, it's super diverse, which I really like. And yeah, we haven't explored a lot yet. But so far, so good. We did attempt to hike Runyon Canyon. Yeah, that was not that. Yeah. No comment. I'm not even embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed, okay? Did we even make it halfway up? No. And I'm not embarrassed, so fight me. We like, made it a little past the entrance, primarily because we parked down several hills. So just getting to the entrance to the park was a hike in itself. And by the time we got into the park, I was already exhausted. Y'all, I was shocked because I'm normally the one who's like, yeah, I can't do this. Let's go home. But it was Lloyd this time, and it felt really good for me to not be the reason we were turning around. I was like, are you sure? You sure you can't go another, <laughs> like, that. hilltop? On the inside, I was like, please say no. Please say no. <laughs> but on the outside, I was like, because I, I can keep going, but if, if you want to stop. If yeah, you want to she, turn around. She kept saying stuff like, are you sure you don't want to just go a little further? Maybe just a little more, see how you're feeling? Sure. And I just want to call out that you have kind of been a poser because we haven't even been here. We've only been here for four days, and she bought Converse today. She went and bought Converse. People move to L.A., and they want to buy Converse all of a sudden. Like, they're, you know, whatever. Okay, whatever. first of whatever. all, that does not make me a poser. I was wearing Chucks when I was growing up, so that's a lie. Yeah. You're the poser because he just bought this L.A. cap he's wearing. Okay. He bought that today. <laughs> He bought that today. Yeah. So who's the poser, me or you? I did. And I saw another guy wearing one and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I got the hat. I've been in traffic. I'm enjoying the traffic. Like, I'm I'm just, I'm embracing all aspects of being here. So I'm excited to be here. No, 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 no. We haven't been in real LA traffic. So we've been super grateful. We haven't been on highway traffic. Yes. The Airbnb that we stay in is like close to everything. We're not downtown, but we're like 15 minutes from downtown. We're not near West, you know, we're near West Hollywood. We're near, near Miracle Mile. So it's cool, like we're in the perfect location. So we pretty much don't have to ever get on the interstate. So, but Lloyd is like craving to be in the two hour traffic, standstill traffic. And Just I'm like, once. why? Why Just do you want that for your life? Just one time. It's like going to Philly and like getting a, it's like ingrain yourself in wait, the Wait, wait, wait. Going to Philly and getting a what? A Philly cheesecake. Okay. Because you said a sub at <laughs> I first. I was going to say I, a sub. Yeah, I was. A sub sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Ash, today we're going to be talking about 
three of the biggest creator mistakes I made in the month of April. And some of them are very, very embarrassing. And one of the three you don't know about. So you're going to find out about it for the first time. And I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert right now. The third is the biggest and worst one. So let's dive in. So the first is like, I found a newsletter that I love that is very similar to my newsletter. And so I decided that like, you know what? I'm going to save up money and advertise in this newsletter because this is we, a big have, one. we have the same audience. They also specialize in podcasting. They're a bigger newsletter than me. So I, I like, I admire them. I see what they're doing. I think it's great. So I save up my money and I'm like, I'm going to advertise in that newsletter. And then I finally did it. I finally raised enough money to advertise. And it took about two weeks from the time I like sent them my money for the ad to actually come out. And when the ad came out, I just have to say I was excited. Like I saw it. I, I, I kind of like closed my email because I was that excited about it. And I was like, I'm going to look at it later when I wake up. But then when I woke up, I woke up to a bunch of messages from people saying the link wasn't working. And that's when I realized womp, womp. that the ad <laughs> I gave them, I gave them the wrong link. So everyone that clicked the link in the email didn't even go to my website. And I just want to say this made me feel horrible. I felt terrible the entire day. It was the link for people to subscribe to our newsletter. So just imagine if you actually got someone to click it and then the link doesn't even work. Most people are not going to reach out. Hey, I tried to subscribe. Most people are going to be like, all right, whatever. It didn't work. Moving on. So... It yeah. was very, very, not only embarrassing, but I will say very upsetting because like you spend money to like do all this stuff and it would have been different if it was like free. If somebody just said like, hey, you can just like, it's a free publicity thing. But the fact that you spend money on it, you spend time on it and then it doesn't work is even more embarrassing and more upsetting. And so luckily this newsletter, which is very, very kind, could see how clearly upset I was about this. And I think they felt bad. And they were like, you know what? We will like put your ad in the next newsletter for free if you want. So big shout out to them. I really appreciate them. And I'm excited to get another at bat. This time I will make sure it is the right link. Do you know why it, the link didn't work? Like, what happened? Basically, I was trying to do all this complicated, like, marketing stuff where you can, like, track where the click is coming from. It's called, like, art marketing attribution. And you kind of create a new link that's trackable. And in the process of me doing that, I guess I did it wrong. And they kept asking. They were like, hey, are you sure this is the right link because it's not working? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this, like, tracking stuff on it. That's probably why it's not working. But when you send the real email, it's going to work. Uh, which is what the company that I use told me. So, you know, I, I think it was kind of my fault because, you know, they did ask like, hey, are you sure this is the right link? But I'm just hoping next time I'll send a simple link. So that was the first mistake. And, and it's called marketing attribution. Yeah, it, it basically. Nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> it basically allows you to attribute each click to where it came from. So, which oh, I think everybody should sense. be doing it. Yeah, you know. Uh, but I, I, for the next few weeks, I'm not going to use any weird links. Um, the second mistake, this one, I don't think you know about. Basically, I reached out to like the guy that helps us manage our email newsletter. His name is Alex. And I basically asked him to segment our email list. And I said, hey, the people that are really engaged, that have opened one of the 10 emails we've sent them, they need to be in a separate list, and we're going to call that our primary list. And that is the list that is going to get all of our emails. Sounds 
logical. And so what I had decided is when we send our new email newsletter every single Monday, the, the both groups are going to get it. But somehow, some way, when we created this list, something went wrong because when we sent it to our primary list, the email went out as normal, just like it always does. But some of the people in that list did not get our email. Now, when I was flipping through our email subscribers and looking at who specifically subscribed to our email within the last 30 days and still had not received an email, there were actually like really big names on there. There were people that had like emails from like iHeartMedia, just different large whoa, whoa, names. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. When did you find this out? This was like two weeks ago. You didn't tell me that. I am part of partially because I'm you still researching it. You kept that from it. me. I, I researched it for like a week and a half to figure out like what what happened exactly. And then when I found out, I thought the perfect time to tell you would be on the podcast. Why did you think that? Because I wanted you to have this reaction. No, you wanted me to be on my best behavior. You know, if it, if it checks out, it checks out. Why would you not tell me that? I think that this is for the best. And I think that now <laughs> we get to workshop we get to workshop in real life and on live and figure out how we can avoid this from happening. How about y'all just leave the list alone? Let the list list. Like, let them do their thing. Like, check it in six months. Why are you checking it, like, every single month and tweaking and tweaking? Just leave it alone. Like, come back in six months and see, you know, look at the data then and decide what to do. Why do, why do y'all need to keep tinkering, you know? That is what I would love to do. But... Also, we are leveraging because we have such a small email list. Part of what we're doing to get advertisers is leveraging that like, hey, we have a really good open rate. And so if people know that like, hey, your open rate is 45%, 50%, that's really good. Now with this shift, we have the opportunity to say we have an open rate that's upwards of like 65%, which helps us a lot more. And so that was the initial intent with doing this. Now that it's gone wrong, I think it's just one of those things where we have to know that like, Things like this are going to happen. Like, we just have to be, like, prepared for them. So what? where are we now? Did you yeah. fix the list? It is not fixed yet, but we figured out why this happened. That That's where we are, honestly. We figured out, like, why this happened, but we're still working on, like, how we want to fix this moving forward. So, it, you know, these are the times where it's embarrassing, where you might have someone that is, like, really big in like the podcast industry or the creator industry from a large reputable company subscribe to your newsletter and then they don't get any emails that's like that's weird right it's just like not professional and so i think this was like the second mistake because it also hurt just as much as like the first mistake i didn't lose any money per se but it still was just as much like embarrassing if you know what i mean i i have no other words as I thought you wouldn't. Uh, the third mistake is not really a mistake per se. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be right back. I've been creating content now for a little over a year. During that time, I've learned a lot about the types of videos that perform well. One thing is for certain, you need to make your videos as engaging as possible and I have a very easy and cost-efficient way to make that happen. I'd like to introduce you to my latest sponsor, Storyblocks. Storyblocks is a video production platform that reimagines stock media to support a rapid video creation with a truly unlimited model and easy to use tools that help you exceed your business goals by using video. There are really three big reasons why I think you should check out Storyblocks. With the exception of my video editor, Shane, none of us listening are professional video editors. 
Storyblocks provides thousands of professional pre-made motion graphics. Storyblocks has a plugin that allows you to bring the entire storybook library into Premiere Pro and After Effects. Now, my lawyer said I couldn't say their name, but I recently worked with and I got charged a million different fees, which is why I love that Storyblocks has predictable subscriptions. Other sites operate using paperclip pricing. Storyblocks is one of the only tools that gives you monthly or annual plans with no hidden fees. I think Storyblocks could help you level up as a creator, which is the reason I decided to partner with them. Make sure you go to storyblocks.com slash creator hub. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash C-R-E-A-T-O-R-H-U-B. You can also find the link in the show notes. Hey, glad you're still with us. Let's get back into it. Uh, the third mistake is not really a mistake per se, but it is something that I feel like has, uh, this is like when you think you're really good at something and then you show it to other people and you realize you're actually not that good at that thing. This is what I'm about to tell you. So a few days ago, I created a new media kit. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because I've been reaching out to a lot more brands for sponsorship. So I'm creating a new media kit to make sure that when I reach out to them, it's as updated as it can be and it's as good as it can be. And so I took this media kit and I already thought my media kit before was pretty good. And so now I'm thinking like, oh, like I've learned so much more. I'm about to create a media kit that is like flawless. So I spend like a half a day working on this media kit. And when it's done, I'm just like, I'm just so budding with excitement. And so what I decided I was going to do was take this media kit and share it publicly online. I mean, it has everything. It has like the brands I've worked with. It has like an about me. It has like like my download numbers. It has like what I charge, like my actual rates. And I'm just going to publish it online. And I, and I, I publish it. And part of what I asked was like, hey, anyone that's out there in the influencer community, if you could give me feedback on this media kit, I would be greatly appreciative. Like just feedback on like what I could improve, how I can make it better, what are brands looking for. That's the kind of insight I'm looking for. And I publish it online. I published it on LinkedIn and I published it on Twitter. Now, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when you ask someone for feedback and you're like, yo, how does this outfit look? Do you like how this outfit looks? You're not actually looking for people to like give you real feedback. You just want them some to say like some of us, not all of us. But, you know, I I, I am I, I'm hoping that like people see it. But I'm also hoping that they're Bro, like, nothing's oh wrong my with this. <laughs> Best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so that's what I'm hoping for, right? Turns out, Ash, over 30 people commented on it. Over 2,000 people tomato, saw tomato, it. Tomato. <laughs> over 2,000 people <laughs> saw it. And the feedback was just like, great. It made me want to take this media kit that I just thought was so good Throw it in the trash. It was terrible. <laughs> it was bad. And th that that was what was embarrassing about this. So it's not like a mistake. Like I didn't necessarily do anything I wish I hadn't done. Mm -hmm. But it's now like you're getting a reality check on this thing. And so I've just consolidated three of like the biggest pieces of feedback I got. And I want to share those with you. Okay. I think that'll be super helpful for people. The first was do not share your prices on your media kit, which 
caught me off guard because I've always just thought that like, yeah, that's what a media kit is for. Like you email people and then they ask you for your media kit and it has your prices. But a lot of people were saying that like if you don't put your prices on your media kit, basically that leaves room to negotiate. And um, a lot of times when people reach out, what you should be doing is saying like, okay, instead of just emailing them your media kit with your prices, you want to hop on a call with them and understand what it is they're trying to do because you may be able to craft something a little more custom around their needs. So for example, one of the examples this guy gave me was basically if someone says like, hey, we want to re- create a campaign to reach a specific group of people. Instead of just saying like, okay, here's my media kit. I charge $400 for a video. How many do you want? You may be able to say like, hey, I can craft three videos, create an email, and I can help you with the strategy for each of these videos. And I'll do all of that for $2,500 instead of uh, $1,200, for example. So it just gives you a little more room to negotiate, which hopefully will make some of your deals a little larger. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm also thinking about like, what if it's for a someone's TikTok channel and they want it, you know, they're going to pin it to their page and they're going to use this campaign that you created for Christmas time every single year for like the next four years. Well, you've only done it once, so you're only going to get paid once. So That's I see the importance point. of having like the wiggle room to like negotiate certain things in if they're going to keep running this and stuff like that. That's a really, really good point. There's just so many nuances that you don't get to like account for or negotiate for when you just send your prices over. So that's a really, really, really good point. Um, And just for those of you that may not know, whenever like those little nuances come up, those are things that you want to uh, include in your pricing. So if someone is going to use your video that you're creating in an ad versus just on their profile, the pricing for that should be different. If they're going to use it for a year or six months, the pricing for that should be different. So there's all those little differences that, you know, matter. Facts. The second piece of feedback I got that was like a common thread. And basically, I'm uh, accumulating all of the different like comments and just like showing the the most popular ones. Um, the second piece of feedback was add testimonials and samples of your work. Brands don't really want to know who you are or what you charge as much as they want to know who have you helped in the past? Like, how have you added value to other brands? And so if you've worked with companies like LinkedIn, Spotify, so on and so forth, take their logos, put them on your media kit so that people know, like, uh, who have you worked with? Who is vouching for you? If you can, like, even beyond the logos, ask people at those companies to give you testimonials to put on your media kit. It's going to take you a lot more further if you have someone from Spotify saying, Lloyd was great to work with. He helped us in ABCD. We would totally do it again. That's a lot more valuable than just knowing I've worked with Spotify, for example. And so I love that piece of feedback, and it definitely gave me a lot more context, just knowing that, like, you know, be more like value driven and less just sort of like traditional. Don't treat this like a resume. Be intentional about treating this as like conveying to other people how you add value. No, that's a good point. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that one. And I feel like um, when I like the people that were posting these comments, they also create content about how people can get more brand deals. And when I started to dive into their content, some of the other questions that came up constantly were things like, what do you do if you don't have and you know, if you haven't worked with any large brands, or you don't have any testimonials, then what do you do? And a lot of what they were saying is like, you can create organic content and use that as case studies, for example, um, or testimonials, for example. Um, And so I, for instance, created an organic video for HubSpot, 
several months ago. That video, they didn't pay me to make that video. I was just creating and sharing information. That video got almost like over 30,000 views um, and it was for like an application, like a creator accelerator thing they were doing. So that's an example where I could reach out to someone at HubSpot and say like, hey, I created this video. It got this many like drives traffic to your like website. I would love if you could give me feedback or testimonial on this specific video. Um, the That's third, good advice. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one. Um, the third thing is bring your bio. So like right now, my media kit had my bio at the top of my media kit. Um, there's like an about me section and it just takes like a paragraph explaining who I am. A lot of the feedback I got was like take that bio and move it to the bottom because it really doesn't matter. If you're talking to a brand, it's either because they reached out to you and they already know who you are or you're pitching yourself to them and that information is not that important. And so bringing your bio down, your bio shouldn't be like the highlight of the media kit. Your highlight should be how you've added value to other brands. And so I thought that was like a really good way to like reposition just like what is most important in this media kit? No, that's good. That's really good insight. I'm kind of taking it backwards for a second, but I'm curious to know from your perspective, because I'm sure when you first started this last year, you had a different set of pricing than what you have now. What advice do you have for people as far as how they figure out, like how much should they be charging for brands? Like how do they research what to charge? Because everyone charges something different. And I know we cover this a lot in the newsletter, um, helpful articles about it. But I'm just curious as someone who's done this now and has been, you know, someone who's been slowly raising your own rates, like what advice would you give someone in that department? I'm still trying to figure out like, how I do my pricing and how I charge for stuff. I will say the one thing I've been doing lately is just thinking about what in my mind is going to make this work worth it to me. And there's lots of times where I charge people for stuff and I think it's like a good amount. Like I may say like, hey, I'll do this for a thousand dollars. And then when I start doing it, I'm just so not motivated. I don't wanna do this work. I don't, I don't feel creative. And when that happens, generally, I feel like I undercharge for that work because there are other times where I feel like excited. I feel like I'm being overpaid to do work. I feel like I'm being paid to be creative. Um, and so for me, it's trying to find that sweet spot where you feel like that every single time. And that number may change and it may require that you try a few different numbers that you also just start to build your portfolio with a lower rate, but ultimately knowing where you want to get to. But, you know, I think pricing is an important thing and something that we are all still trying to figure out and so i think today like i'm always like talking about like trying to be transparent and i'm always sharing all of these like amazing things that are happening in our lives i'm always sharing like you know the the positive things that are happening i thought this week would be a great week just to share some of the behind the scenes of like the mistakes we make some of the missteps we make just as much as some of like the positive and excellent decisions we made and there's way more mistakes <laughs> A lot. <laughs> then victories, which, I mean, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you get better. So Yeah, 1,000%. And I think that's, like, something I'm still learning, that, like, mistakes aren't something to run from. There's something to embrace. There's something that's going to happen. And as long as you keep that perspective, I, I think as creators, we need to feel comfortable knowing that we're going to make mistakes. Like, we need, yeah. we're creatives. Like, we need to be comfortable pushing the envelope, trying new things, going against the grain, even if it means we're going to make more mistakes than the average person. Mistakes are definitely something that's going to happen. Um, and so 
I want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. That gives us feedback of how we're doing on this podcast to learn some of the things that you love and some of the things that we can improve. Until next time, peace. Bye.